Today I'm getting together with my friend Roger Diller. Roger and I worked together years ago and the interesting thing about our working together is we worked together for the same company but mostly worked at home during those times and I thought of you Roger still working at home I see. Mm -hmm. Is that your normal day now? Uh, it's actually not. This is new uh, with the, the pandemic. So I had, like back when you were referencing back in those days, I did primarily work from home. And then I, I believe I did for quite some time, even after we weren't working at the same place, was working from home. And then in the last five years, things have changed. Or five years ago, I should say, things changed a lot where the company I was working for was hiring locally or or more like hiring people local to me so that I could transfer knowledge and things like that. So for the like last four or five years, I've been primarily working out of an office. It was probably about five years ago when I shifted away from working from home and went to primary in the office and uh, late, it's only been here as of late within, you know, probably what early mid-March is when we shifted to just working from home all the time. So I had to kind of shift back into that mode. That was actually quite a bit of adjustment after being used to the office life for five, six years, so. Well, your family's grown a lot in the last five or six years, too. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. I have four kids, so. <laughs> How is working from home working out with four kids in the house? I, I mean, it's working. I mean, it's got, it has its challenges. Like, everything just kind of happened all at once, like, with coronavirus occurring. Like, you know, I started working from home right around the time where the schools were shutting down. And so it was a lot of massive change all at once. We're just like, you know, suddenly we're all at home and all four or all four kids and my wife and I are both here. So for that, that first week or two was, was really challenging just because we had, we suddenly had like no schedule. Things were just wide, wide out in the open. Although as the weeks went by, we started getting a little bit more structured and trying to get more consistent when we were doing things. So it was quite a bit of adjustment, but actually turned out to be, I think going pretty well under the circumstances. My wife might have a slightly different opinion <laughs> just because she's she's working with my two older kids are in school and then I have two younger children and they're twins and boy girl twins and they're only about three and they're not even quite three right now. So she's balancing between helping them do the remote learning that the school is providing uh, lots of links and stuff that she has to coordinate. So, you know, and they jump on video calls and things like that all the while. She's got the twins that, you know, they're less than three. So <laughs> the world is there and open for them to explore and get into. So probably a little more challenging for her than for me, since I can kind of isolate to my office and work and, and lock the door. We've kind of gotten a new normal and there's been some positive upsides with it too, of just feeling more connected as a family, I, I guess, because we're not all out doing our separate things. Two kids, two kids, in school, me at the office, and my wife at home with two children. So now we're just kind of more blended, I guess. So so what was your biggest coping skill when it was rough? Uh, when it was really rough early on, it was just kind of embedding into work. I mean, I still had a job that was fine. In fact, is work changed a lot because my particular company is in the live event industry. So our customers went from lots of work to nothing, which means that's really bad for them, but it meant for us internally, suddenly we had like almost no pressure, no, you know, all the concerns that we had, you know, whatever the customers had just kind of vanished and they kind of went MIA missing in that, you know, they just kind of 
disappeared for a while. I mean, that started to trickle back then was at least from the support side, but from my side in engineering, suddenly the pressure kind of went away and we could start to think about more, you know, new initiatives and, and, and really just uh, double down on what we were already doing. So early on, I guess, coming back to your question, I just kind of embedded in the work and was working too much, like long hours, like into the evening <laughs> uh, as kind of a coping mechanism. So turns out that's not sustainable, but it, it isn't sustainable, but it is yeah. a common trap for people who work at home and who like their jobs. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're doing well. The last time I saw you, I think was at an event, a tech event. Yeah, probably CPOSC. Yes, I think so. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about events? Well, you're in live events and we saw each other in events. And I think this is going to change what events look like going yeah. forward. What's your sense of that? Yeah, I mean, my sense is it's going to be different. I mean, clearly for where I work in the industry that I am, I'm probably a little biased. So I'm like, you know, I just like, you know, want them to get back and have some sort of revenue source again and things like that because they've been zeroed out. So, but also realizing it's probably not going to be the same, at least for quite a while. I don't know what that looks like. Does that mean we have some kind of new way of doing live events, at least for, you know, say in the summer into the fall until, until we can do events like we used to? Will we be able to do events ever like we used to? I really don't know. But I guess for the sake of the industry that I'm in, I'm hoping they can get to some form of uh, normal, whatever that looks like. Do you all internally spend time brainstorming or thinking about what it could look like? wouldn't say we do a lot. I mean, we're trying to do everything we can on our part to support our customers. You know, we're kind of a degree removed from live events. We're providing a solution for them to run live events and logistics and stuff, but like, I wouldn't say we're doing a lot of brainstorming, but we're definitely trying to see like what kind of resources can we provide customers so that they can take advantage of right now. Like we've been offering training, different kinds of training. We're trying to be there for them so they can kind of, you know, make lemonade out of the lemon, so to speak. And when they do get back, they'll be ready to take off. Do you have plans for reopening your office or do you see yourself at home for a while longer? Yeah, still trying to figure that out. Um, I don't really, I don't really have a good read on the information for our specific counties. I know some counties here in Pennsylvania are, are starting to go into what we call the yellow phase here. Uh, that does not include our county this week. So, so just kind of weighing that out. Um, maybe, maybe we start once, once we can, maybe we start like a day a week. We're not sure. I'm still just kind of playing it out. I mean, we have four or five local people here and we would love to get together and hash technical stuff and do whiteboarding and things like that again so we're we're, we're definitely ready to do that we're <laughs> we miss being in the office so we're, we're ready to get back but um still just weighing out when it's you know right to start that so but you know what i really enjoyed those times i think that was once a week we would all get together in the office and have mm -hmm. those what we called a team meeting those were always inspiring or motivating or encouraging they are to feel connected I know the disconnect is a little bit difficult for me right mm -hmm. now. I was going to add one part of that. I love remote work, but I've been on both sides of it. So I kind of see the pros and cons of both. My, like my kind of preferred mix is some in between. I, I really enjoy being in the office with people, but sometimes when you want to get stuff done, you like to be at home and kind of in your cave, as we like to say. 
so the pros and cons from your point of view have to do with productivity? If, if you really need some heads down time, you know, maybe being at home is a good place to be because you don't have someone to distract you in the, you know, hallway and just talk about whatever. But then the ability to translate and brainstorm and come up with new things and initiatives, I have found to be better in an office environment where you can see face to face, especially when you need to gauge other people's body language, how they feel about something. People tend to be a little bit more open that way. Hmm. And uh, I love the camaraderie of, of the office environment. There's just a lot of serendipity that you get that I have found really difficult to facilitate remotely, even as like a leader within the company. We've tried some things, but it's really hard to get people to connect. We do video a lot on most of our calls, but you know, some people don't always want to turn it on, but even just that serendipity, I mean, it's really hard to create. Like we've tried just these virtual coffee chats or happy hours, you know, at certain times of the day, just to get people to join. And some people, you know, they like it, but there's just also a certain aspect where people just don't totally love that either. So Hard to have those aha moments and say, oh, I have an idea. Quick, let me go schedule a Zoom chat, (laughs) right? Yeah, there's just a little more friction. Like you have to be a lot more intentional when you're fully remote Mm -hmm. with making some of those things happen because, yeah, you don't just accidentally stumble upon a conversation. You, I mean, it happens. There there are channels, you know, in Slack where people are talking and suddenly things kind of thread out and things. It does happen, but I do notice that it happens a little more naturally when people are just physically together. It does tend to sparkle creativity when we actually have that, that camaraderie that you suggested. Well, is there any coping skill or hint that you can give? Yeah. I mean, definitely gotten outside a lot as a family, been doing quite a bit of like backyard campfires and we went out and scouted out some new, actually local places to hike and walk and things like that you know they're, they're close by but you just don't go to them I don't know why until you really have to <laughs> I'm not sure if you call it coping but like oddly enough I've kind of used the time to connect with some old friends so like I'm seeing less people in person by far but then I'm thinking of like some old friends I've connected with some of those even chatted with one or two of them over zoom which I think is just untypical I think if life was normal I probably wouldn't have you know that's true isn't yeah. it I I don't know why, but because sometimes I don't feel like life really slowed down because there's still so many projects to do and things that I could be doing, but my mind is going, it's extending out more towards those relationships and the people that I'd like to connect with again. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt a strong pull in that direction. And then that was just, it was just fun to catch up with some of them. Yeah. Some, some have just been little, you know, Facebook chats or something. And one was like last week, I actually just got on zoom and talked to the one the one guy from you know year or two back and and then just even it's kind of odd like even some of the friends that I actually would talk to more often I found myself communicating a little bit more with them via technology like we're we're sending messages back and forth on whatsapp because you know maybe I would normally talk talk to him at events that we're commonly at together and so I find myself just sending whatsapps or you know texts to those people that I don't normally communicate that way with so yeah it's been interesting just speaking from someone who's done a lot of business online in the past Mm -hmm. several years (laughs) i have all notifications turned off because sometimes after a while that can get crazy you know you have Facebook messaging and whatsapp and discord and telegraph yeah 
yeah. you know, on and on it goes and it gets a little bit crazy, but I'm glad we have the tools right now. When you, when you brought your kids home from school, you said that they're now learning remotely and that your wife's mm-hmm. taking care of that. Was she familiar with the tech or did you have to step in and set things up? Fortunately, my wife is very tech savvy. So I didn't find myself, I mean, maybe a few things here and there, but I mean, yeah, she's very into that world. So it was more just a, a coordination thing that she had to get down pat of, oh, this resource has come from here and that one. It was just kind of a scrambled, you know, set of resources that she had to kind of coordinate. Yeah, That's she didn't it. really have a technical barrier. She's downloading Teams and Zoom all of all herself. So. There were a lot of teachers and educators that actually had to get up to speed. Or So many of us have been learning new technical skills and yeah. life skills to do life this way that will we ever completely go back? Will it be integrated? Will some things replace? It's hard to know. There's going to be at least some permanent marks, right? Like even if things go completely normal, I feel like, you know, just the the zoom thing is almost becoming like ubiquitous or, you know, similar tools or whatever. But I just feel like long-term there's going to be more of that just because people know how to do it now. I used to send before before I would have a Zoom call with somebody, especially if it was going to be recorded. That I used to send around a list of how to uh, behave or participate, oh, yeah. lighting, clothing, manners, eating, chewing. But everybody's going to know that stuff. Uh, on your point of skill set, like I've been developing some of my own too, kind of out of a need, as you know, like church services and those kinds of things have been shut down. So. I become, I kind of become the live streaming guy <laughs> for that to do a church service remotely and things. So I, there's just a whole skill set behind that that I've been learning, which is great because uh, I've a never encountered it, and b I just find it to be a lot of fun as I ramp up on some of the tooling. So I'm going to have, you know, that to add to my things that I can do, I guess. So. Well, that's exciting. Um, what tools are you using? I know some churches are doing it just on Facebook. Some are using Zoom. What are you guys yeah. using? Yeah, we've been using uh, actually YouTube Live. I was just more familiar with that. So that's what I chose. Facebook Live has its advantages too. And originally, just from a tooling standpoint, it was very, very primitive. It was a laptop web camera plus some audio feeds. <laughs> just like what you have available in your house, take that and run it. And I did actually that for quite a few weeks until just recently actually getting more professional with it because we're actually thinking like hey maybe we'll just keep this live streaming thing going long term so okay let's let's actually think about how we would really do this so right now i'm using uh, the obs software open broadcasting software which is fantastic if anyone is looking to stream live and they want you know the ability to mix different video content and images and resources together into a stream mm-hmm. really really fantastic piece of software i believe mac and windows both support it so and it can provide i think a bridge between things like zoom and teams with yeah it, it can uh, it can push it yeah. can push to those services so it knows about those services natively and you just tell it like i'm going to push to youtube or facebook live and you give it like a key yeah. and then it just pushes to that event and allows you to mix in whatever content you can have a video feed coming in here. You can you know, make it small, you can make it big, you can add text, you can add images to the thing. You can, you can mirror, uh, like say an application in, in the feed, uh, you know, like I was putting the pastor's text up on 
uh, the corner through a Mac app that I have running to mirror that up on the screen. So it's like a creative toolbox to me. <laughs> do you um, remember back in the day, and I know you do because of our common history together, but back in the day when the new fonts came out and new colors mm. came out and blinking things came out, how we all tried right. all of those things. Is that like it is now with live streaming that all these things that you're describing that you can do, yeah. are you trying all of them? Yeah, I, I tend to try as much as I, I can <laughs> uh, just because it's interesting. I mean, it, it's just amazing where tooling is at at this point where it makes something that seems from, from the receiving end, for me looking on from the outside at what other people do, I'm like, that must take some kind of crazy tool or skill set to do. And then I'm like, wait, this tool just makes it absolutely easy for, you know, almost anyone to do. So it's just really neat to be able to, to mix video like that, bring in your audio feeds and so that even after churches open up again, perhaps you'll always have a stream for people who can't make it. Is yeah, that idea? especially from a software standpoint, which OBS happens to be free. But talking about equipment, like it's amazing what you can tie together. I mean, you can use a, an iPhone uh, or probably Android as well, just as a web camera. And you can mount that up on a tripod and then you can feed that wirelessly to your laptop as a video feed. So it's amazing with just the equipment that you already own. Like already owned a tripod, already have an extra iPhone, um, have a laptop. OBS is a free download. Just with things that I already have around the house, I can actually create a pretty professional stream. But then looking, yeah, but looking long-term, we're also looking at like a professional camera that we could mount on the wall and zoom in and out and things like that. But it's amazing what you can do with what you already have. You probably get some feedback about that. What's the feeling of the people in a congregation I'm sure they're happy about the live streaming, but yes. is there a sense that everybody just can't wait to get back to church or is everybody just kind of happy that that things are going on as uh, well as they are? No, they want to be together. There's no doubt about it. They want to, they want to see, you know, in person again, but they're also very appreciative and I get a lot of compliments of, you know, you know, thanks for putting this on. And um, they, they, so they really appreciate that because we actually, run the, the stream from church. So they get a little bit of that sense of, of normalcy, right? It's not just, you know, the actual environment and we can live chat during and everything like that. So there's that connectedness that they seem to really appreciate. It is definitely going to be different. It was yeah. really, really good to connect with you and to hear how yeah, you're same. doing. I feel like we're one of those old friends who had a chance to connect. But before we go, could we have a moment of silence just to reflect on the, the situation? Yeah. Sure. Togethering, because we will get through this better when we get through it together. <laughs>